Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave after a brief hiatus. Yes. Um, for the summer. So yeah. yeah. It was a nice summer. It was a nice summer. Yeah. Busy summer, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have some new people in your life. I do. Or at least new person. I'm a grandma. <laughs> yeah. That that must have been fun. It was. To hang out with with him all summer. He grows so fast. Well, yeah. And I spent a lot of time by the pool mm. reading. That was nice. Um, it felt a little different than last year because last year we still kind of had to do that. This year, I just chose it. Right. <laughs> So right. That was fine. Yeah. So, yeah. but here we are for th- episode thirty-one. Thirty-one. Wow. Yeah. I. It's like almost three decades, right? <laughs> I, right. <laughs> if you think about it, that every way. time we say a new episode number, I think, wow, that it sounds like a lot, and I, it is a lot. But I, am I going to say it every time? I, I think so. Probably I, because that's... whoever thought when we had this idea at the pool, yeah, <laughs> that would have been. This far we had on. all of our best ideas in the pool that summer. We did. We really did. <laughs> so, we could have saved the world that summer. Probably. <laughs> no, but no one would let us. <laughs> no. No. So that's fine. Okay. So we're here for episode 31. Um, we are talking today about the classic novel, To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And um, before we get into that book, I... D- we sort of decided that we probably couldn't read To Kill a Mockingbird without consuming the Tequila Mockingbird cocktail, or shot, rather, from the book titled Tequila Mockingbird by Tim Fetterly. And, you know, I when I said something to you about that, I didn't realize what we were actually going to get. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm a little hesitant yeah, right now. If I recall correctly, we did this book, Tequila Mockingbird, and it's related cocktail recipe books way back in like episode three exactly and we didn't do this drink then well i'm sure for a very good reason right but it felt like the right thing this time so so this one is tequila mockingbird and it is um one and a half ounces of tequila we're using tequila blanco this time uh two drops of your favorite hot sauce And it has a dill pickle chaser. <laughs> I am just opening my water yeah. to prepare just yeah. a little bit before yeah. I have to. So shout out again to Tim Fetterly for their uh, their cocktail cookbooks. For I guess oh. um, we've we've called upon it before, and here it is again today. So okay, are you? Re- I I don't know. We my, have to shoot this, right? What my, my I, mouth is yeah. like starting to water. I swore a I, long time ago I was never doing shots again. Well, but here definitely we are. not tequila. No, that's not my. So I feel like the, the hot sauce is settled. Stuck at the bottom <laughs> of the, bottom. the glass, and I so. feel it needs to be stirred. Yeah. All right. Should I'm we just use gonna, the pickle? No. All right. Oh, I, you did it. I did it. Okay. And I'm not gonna lick my finger. Oh my gosh! It's really just like a disc of hot sauce yeah. in the bottom. Okay. Okay. All right, ready? No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to plug anyway? my nose. Okay, three, okay. two, one. one. Pickle, pickle. Oh, you know, I didn't eat the pickle right away, but that is really not bad. Yes, it is. Mm-mm. Oh. 
Mm. Oh, it wasn't the spice. I just, I am like not much of a tequila drinker. Well, me neither, but it wasn't as, so that Oof. hot sauce. So when we put the oh, drops of hot sauce in there, uh-huh. the hot sauce was a little rudder than it <laughs> <laughs> after sitting there for a bit. Okay. So now it's a little orange. Uh-huh. So something happened to the redness of the hot know. sauce in the tequila. I don't know what happened to it, but and I think it like toned down the the flavor of the tequila a little bit. So that's why I was able to. Though okay. I do have this warm path yeah, going down my esophagus it is, right it now. It's burning. Um, but okay, wasn't as bad time? as I thought. Okay, well that's good. Uh-huh. I didn't think it was that good, but um, well, I didn't say it was good. <laughs> it just wasn't as bad as you thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. That's good. Um, I think the last time I did a tequila drink were those. Look at you finishing the last couple of drops. Oh, in it's your just shot the last glass. drop of a shot Love of it. the hot sauce. Um, was those really lovely um, margaritas that you made like oh. a long, long time ago? Oh yeah, that's about the only time that I have tequila and as i have gotten older and a little fussier about my cocktails it's got to be <laughs> decent tequila so whew, whew. man all right well all right well that we did that whew. yeah okay all right tequila mockingbird down the hatch mm-hmm. okay all right <laughs> so um before we get into the tequila mockingbird spoilers for anyone who might not have read this book yet uh what are you reading now I am finishing finishing the last book that I bought back in January when we went to see Ellen Hildebrand. Oh, yeah. Yep. So Summer Affair. I think, yes, Summer Affair. Okay. Just got into it. I haven't been really able to read a lot this summer. It's like I would get books and then I just ran out of time. I couldn't read them. And so then I'd have to yeah. send them back. Um. But you, if I remember correctly, you bought like eight of her books while we were there. I right? did. And yes. you've read, this is the last this one? This is the last oh of my. the ones that I bought. So you're like one a month. That's not bad. Yeah. And I have three more to get me up to where I started, first started reading her. My first book of hers was oh. Beautiful Day. So okay. I have three more to get me up to Beautiful Day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you've read them all? Yes. So you have three more and you will have covered all 28. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I have been on an audiobook kick. Oh, it so has, you you listen to audiobooks. Well, but I have a longer drive than I once did. Oh, right. And so it's a little easier to listen to the audiobooks now than it is to sit down and read a book because I have I'm I'm trapped in the car for 30 minutes no matter what each way to work. So right. um but I read Any Other Family by Eleanor Brown, which is kind of new. Um I read The Heartstopper graphic novels. Oh, okay. So that I watched the show on Netflix first and loved it. And so I went back um, at the recommendation of a lot of people and read the graphic novels and they were very sweet. And I'm really there were four of them. And I'm really excited for the fifth one, which I think is also supposed to be the last one that's still coming. And I read a really fun one that I would recommend next month for October, like spooky season. Um, I read We Wrote Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. And that one, that was really good. That was about a high school um, field hockey team who are, they're, they're terrible. They're really bad. They're at summer camp. And um, one of them decides she's not, she's not going to stand for this. And she like invokes some dark magic the the team is from a city very near salem massachusetts okay the a couple of girls on the team have they're long descended from women who were like part of the witch trials 
and she's she's not she's not having it anymore. So she <laughs> so, okay. They all take this oath and then they get really good and it's it is darkly funny to read. So those are just a few of what I have made my way through since we were last here. Hmm. Good for you. Mm. So the audiobooks have been a savior in the car, but okay. Um so We've done the drink. We've done what we're reading. Are we ready to do spoilers? We are. Okay. So three, two, one, spoiler alert. So you had not read To Kill a Mockingbird. Nope. In the past. Nope. Um, number one, I probably never took an English class that I class that I had to read it. And number two, I don't like to read books that I tell somebody tells me I have to read. <laughs> So, so no I was like, it was like, yeah, okay. never going to happen. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So I've always wanted, there's a lot that I want to read. I just don't know, like, when you're that young that you can get, I think it's better to read when you have more life experience. A lot of these books that they make kids to read these days, that's my philosophy. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read it in high school. I was, I think, a sophomore, which would have made me about 15. Um, and... Having read it again now, I certainly got a lot more out of the story. Um, and I, to your point, I think that has to do with 25 years of <laughs> extra life experience. experience. Right. So I, yeah, I did not remember a lot about the story. So having reread it, it didn't feel like a reread, like I was reading it right. anew. Right. Um, But the first thing about it that struck me was how much people talk about Boo Radley. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he's not in this book that much. No, he's really not. (laughs) I mean, he comes in at the end, right? Basically the end where you Mm -hmm. actually have it really doesn't say anything. No. The idea of Boo Radley is there the whole time. But the the actual character, I, I did not remember that part being... The way that it is in the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. You know, I think I might have seen parts of the movie because it was made into a movie, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. With, um, who, I can't remember who played Atticus. Gregory. Oh. Gregory Peck. Yes. Yes. Okay. I vaguely remember that. I think I came in at the end. Of the movie? Yeah. And so it wasn't, you know, there was nothing I would have okay. remembered from I don't think that. I ever watched it. Yeah. If it was, I did, I, I fell If asleep. it was, it was like black and white. Mm-hmm. That's just this vague remembrance of him and um, Scout, whoever played Scout, like she was sitting on his lap or something. Okay. And that's, yeah. So that's yeah. all I remember. I don't think about. I ever saw the movie. Yeah. So, so what did you think? Oh, I loved, I actually loved this book a lot. Okay. Um, I liked the way she wrote. Okay. It was very easy to read. Um, I liked her characters. Um, I especially love Scout. I thought Scout Scout was um, just like she was had no fear. I mean, well, she had fear of Boob Bradley, but <laughs> right. everybody kind of did. But um, yeah, but um, like you know, she would stand up to anybody, and you know, she was she had no fear, and I thought that was um, she was a, she was a strong, strong woman mm-hmm. girl. <laughs> Eight-year-old, five-year-old, whatever she, she was. When she starts, she's six. Yeah, yeah. Um, that and um, and then I just I I don't know. I just I like the neighborhood. I mean, you know, the characters in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They looked kind of looked out for each other mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, I just thought it was really good 
It was a good story. Okay. Mm-hmm. I um I agree with you about Scout. I think she's a really interesting character to read, and I think it's a really um. It was an interesting choice, and I understand that when Harper Lee wrote this in the late fifties, and because it, it was published in nineteen sixty, right? So I understand that when she wrote it, it was somewhat reflective of her own experience growing up in the South. But it was curious or an interesting decision to write it from the six-year-old's perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because, and as we went along, I this doesn't feel like a book that should make you laugh, but on occasion... Oh, I did laugh. I did laugh. And, I did. Um, and the, very often, it was actually at the expense of Jem. Because, Why? <laughs> right. <laughs> because he was trying so hard to be like... A good big brother right. and like explain things to Scout that she didn't really know about. But also it turns out he didn't really know about. Right. And so she was getting a little bit of like misinformation from her big brother. Um, the neighbor, Dill, was oh. uh, was a little bit of a not, not an anomaly, but he was a surprise. Like it, he, I didn't expect him to be funny. I didn't expect the things that he wanted them all to do together to be funny. But he was often the instigator behind... Some of the oh, more yeah. <laughs> adventurous. I found um, antics. Miss Caroline, the teacher. I thought oh. she was in over her head so far. Her, like she had no like she was thrown into that classroom. She had no idea the how things worked, you know. And I and I made notes. It's like those kids like so Scott was in first grade when Right. Right. So and um half the kids in the first grade They've been repeating it and repeating it over and over and over. So now they're 13, 14 years old because they would because you had to go the first day, but right. then you didn't have to go any other time. So yeah. they would go the first first day, but then they were wanted at home yeah. for working People were on, looking the other way on truancy. Yeah. yeah. And so and then they would come back the next year and they're still in first grade, but now they're 14 years old or something, you know, like yeah. it was just crazy to me. And the fact that she couldn't understand the community, you know, like she was thrown. She was almost like a suburban city type that didn't understand yeah. this rural community. It, it made me think again <laughs> about my friends who are teachers and how their job is not easy. No. Ever. No. And I can't imagine coming into a place where you don't know anyone and then you're you're relying on some 13, 14 year olds, but primarily a bunch of six year olds. To tell them how it is. Who are <laughs> explaining how your town runs. Right. And who people are and who the families are right. and how, like, I, yeah. I, shout that out to just, teachers. Yeah. Because they, that one just made me laugh. I'm thinking, I mean, <laughs> she could have been a little bit better of a listener than Miss Caroline in the book. But, right. um, but yeah, I, their job is never an easy one. And I, this, this cast of characters was, well, that's what I mean. The cast of characters yeah. was fascinating. And then, um, like, when I think one of the kids had lice and it was crawling all over and she, oh. like, flipped. Of course, I yeah. was just, you just get the heebie-jeebies when everybody mentions lice. Everything <laughs> starts itching right away. But, you know, um, yeah, I don't think she'd ever seen that before. No. <laughs> and the, to the kids, it was just like, like, oh, yeah. It's just a Wednesday. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I Going back to the Boo Radley portion of this, um, it's the thing quite honestly, like one of the characters I remembered primarily just because like whenever this book comes up, it's a it's the character that gets mentioned. Right. And I did not remember all of the details about the family and 
right. why we never really saw him outside. Um, and I de- we're in the spoiler section, so I can say this. I definitely did not remember what he did at the end of the book. Right. Like, yeah, I, didn't I didn't remember that he came in. I I remembered something dramatic was going to happen with the character. I did not remember specifically what it was. Oh, okay. So, um, the, like I said, this wasn't. I didn't feel like it was a reread. And you know, and it took it. it and we're in the spoiler mm-hmm. alert. So, but it they didn't really identify who he was in that instance. It's just another man leaning up against the wall. But they didn't really say who that was. Right away. Right, not till Scout yeah. yeah recognized who he must be. Yeah. Yeah. So that um, was interesting. I was really sort of heartbroken for all three of them when the brother blocked up the tree that they were using to yeah. like share things back and forth. Um I can't imagine what it would be like to have to be in your house all the time and find this like one outlet. I mean, and and I don't know that this is true. Again, we're getting this book from a six year old's perspective, right, right? Right. So, but as as I'm reading it, I'm I'm in my head, Arthur, Arthur. right, um, has found a way to engage with someone outside his immediate surroundings, and then suddenly that just gets like eliminated, right? With no warning, right? And I didn't understand what the harm was. I didn't either, and you know, and just just the writing itself made it seem like. Well, you're listening to Jem and Scout and their perception of him. So that's kind of all you get, right? right? So he's this evil person that's, you know, trying to lure them in or, you know, kind of like, well, because they were afraid of him. So that's all right. you had. So why were they afraid of him? Oh, just because, because of everything that everyone in the neighborhood had said. Right. right? So yeah. you think that you have this impression of him of being this evil character or this evil person and he really wasn't so you could take him putting those little prizes in the tree two ways are you trying to lure him them into the house so that you can do something to them or are you oh. trying to reach out just you know yeah oh right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and then and then in the end you find out you know he was he was actually looking out for them mm-hmm. you know and came to their rescue yeah. so um i i um I also felt that Atticus was really trying to teach his children empathy. I agree with that. To, you know, for others, other people's um, plight, so to speak, you know, or misfortune or whatever. Because mm-hmm. he always had a reason. Like, he was never judgmental against anyone. Not even to the very, you know, yeah. with all this, he was just not. It's just, this was, this is... This is their circumstances. This is why they do what they do. You put know, yourself in their shoes. Put yourself mm-hmm. in their If you had this issue issue or whatever, um, you might do the same thing. Yeah. And I think it was, um, it's interesting to note that Atticus was under, and again, I, no, I would have noticed this more as an adult than I would have a teenager. He was under a different kind of scrutiny because he was a single parent. Right. With a daughter who nobody thought he was like bringing up correctly. Right. <laughs> Right. And, you know. Because she could read. When that teacher told her to stop stop practicing practicing reading reading at home. Right. I was like, what? Um, Yeah. So I think he was under, you know, a level of scrutiny in town where um, where he was. Yeah. I think he was focusing on like just raising good people, not necessarily 
Because you have to wear a dress right. when you go to tea at somebody's yeah, house, right? I think right? that was his ultimate yeah. goal. Yeah. But he did bring his sister in, right? And Alexandra and to try to put some. Do you think that he invited her or did she insist? I think she... her. Her personality described in the book to me is that she insisted because she wanted to have an influence on the kids. So you can't talk more about the characters without discussing Atticus a little further. Um, I think, again, as an adult, I I noticed more of, like reading between the lines about Atticus than I did directly from his dialogue. Oh, OK. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. The, the other, well, I guess there's two more big plot points of this story, right? And one is the trial. Right. And we're not, we are only getting like the whispers of it in the background of what Scout overhears for a really long time. Right. And Atticus is, he's not sharing things as much as I think the kids would have liked. Right. Right. Because right. they're also hearing stuff sort of in whispers around town about his defense of this person and well i wouldn't even say it was whispers i would say that they're being attacked for it in many ways at many times like your dad is yeah that's true yep and they didn't know why people were saying this and, and whatever and um so i think and i'm not a parent so i don't know if that's a choice that like if that's how parents would have normally reacted in a situation like that where they, you know, they can or cannot give their kids as much or as little information as they need. Um, but I thought it was interesting that even as the kids were hearing more and more and they were sort of asking those questions, he was still only doling it out like in little bits. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that was pr- protection more. OK. I, I mean, that would be my guess. Um, but yeah, I. Um, but in a town that's small, I, I think you'd. As a parent myself, I think you would have to balance that. So do you want your children to hear it from who they were hearing it from? Or right. do you want your children to hear it from you and your view or whatever? Yeah. You know. I guess. And that's I guess I would have expected at some point that he would have sat them down and explained the whole situation. And I don't I don't think he ever did that. No. OK. Um, no. Again, they were. I think they got like the, eight and 12 by this time right. or whatever. But. By the time the trial, they got most of their information from the trial. Though. Right. I mean, because they sat in on it. Yeah. Like, so um, after after the trial and everyone sort of reeling from the loss, um, I I I was I was also a little. I I was guess I was a little surprised that he didn't like sit down and talk with them in detail about it afterward. Knowing that they were there, he specifically told them not, not to come to, go. to court. But <laughs> right. he knew that they were there, right. and I was, and and we are not we are not getting every conversation they had over the course of every no. day of their lives, right? Um, but it, it, I am surprised that there wasn't a little bit more of a follow up. Give it, especially given how upset Jem was, right? And maybe if we had gotten a book from Jem's perspective, we there would have been that conversation. Right. But Scout didn't right. o- observe that at all. So did you read the sequel? I did not. I didn't either. Well, I, obviously, why would I read the sequel if I've never read the first book, right? right? Um, but, and it had been so long since I read the first book that I was like, I'm going to have to go back and read To Kill a Mockingbird first. Right. And then I just never did it. So I just... I know people who have read it, mm-hmm. I, and I think they liked it, but I don't know that it ties up any story line. 
I don't think so either. It um, what I understand about it though is that there were a few people that I know who really loved some of the characters in this book. Ghost at a Watchman changed their feelings about those characters. Oh, okay. Um, in this one, Atticus is, as you said, is coming across as pretty empathetic. Um, he has now he's been assigned to this case. He didn't he didn't do it out of the goodness of his heart, right. but he did as good a job as he could have. I th- I think um, defending Tom Robinson, um, regardless of the fact that he wasn't he didn't like he wasn't hired to do that. Right. He was appointed. Right. What is that the right word? Appointed. Yep. Yeah, I think to as a public defender. Right. Um, so we should I don't think we can talk anymore about it without saying what the trial. So so Tom Robinson is African-American man who has been falsely accused right. of raping a white woman. And when he goes to trial for this, um, Atticus, I again, I in my perspective, I think does everything he can to put forth the case and with where there's no evidence and it's and it's um as it plays out in the courtroom it becomes pretty obvious what actually happened to this woman um but he doesn't win anyway right and in this one in this book i think that um like we're meant to feel bad for the whole losing side. For Tom, who is now an innocent man who's going to prison and ev- and eventually is is killed in prison. Correct. We're meant to feel bad for Atticus. We're meant to feel bad for the kids. Um, but I, my understanding is that in Ghost Set a Watchman, Atticus comes across in a much different manner. Hmm. And I know that there were people who were disappointed in how... The character turns out, and Scout is an adult in that book. Okay, um, I, we're not in the spoiler section for Ghost at a Watchman, so I don't, <laughs> don't want to say <laughs> right, that. Right, right. But my, I, and again, I haven't read it, so this is all hearsay. But my, yeah, there was there was some. Okay, there were some points in the story that um, Atticus Finch was a favorite character of a lot of people, and after that book, he was not. Okay, interesting. So I'll get, now I'm going to have to go read it, right? I. Sure. <laughs> Amongst all the other stuff we right. have in a TBR pile. Yeah. Right. I have a version of, I don't know what version you read, but I have this um, version and it's a foreword. Okay. And, oh, this is, uh, so this is a 1993. So this book was like, she put a special something in this after, Okay. you know, 30 years later, right? Yeah. Mine doesn't have that. And it says, please spare Mark- Mockingbird an introduction. As a reader, I loathe introductions. <laughs> to novels, okay. I associate introductions with long-gone authors and works that are being brought back into print after decades of internment. Although Mockingbird will be 33 this year, it has never been out of print, and I'm still alive, although very quiet. Introductions inhibit pleasure. They kill the joy of anticipation. They frustrate curiosity. The only good thing about introductions is that in some cases, they delay the dose to come. Mockingbird still says what it has to say. It has managed to survive the years without preamble. Hmm. Interesting. Then they felt the need to put an intro into it. Well, right. (laughs) (laughs) They put it right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I just found that interesting. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Mine doesn't have that. Mine's the paperback version, and I don't think it's quite as new as yours. Oh. So. Um. So yeah. So anyway. So. 
going back to so we have this trial it does not go the way of Atticus and Tom um Tom is then killed in prison they claim because he was trying to escape I don't know that we ever get any further information than that um I would venture a guess that that's not actually what happened in prison but they don't get into that very much in the story but because Atticus defended him in court and did a good job did he made a, a an actual effort to try to get him acquitted he's now a target of the man whose daughter was the accuser correct Ewell is that their last name yeah um and from yes. the trial we're meant to believe that Mayella is the daughter is the accuser um she was injured she had been her face had been beaten and through the testimony in the trial i i came to understand that what actually happened was that her father beat her up correct and she accused tom instead and when he when mr yule was on the stand atticus made him look foolish yes and he's also uh, he's he's an unreliable town folk, right, Mr. Ewell. And um, now he's now he's super mad that not only did Atticus have the nerve to defend this man, but also made him look like a fool in front of everyone. And I'm pretty sure at the end of the trial, he did say, I'm coming for you or something. Some, something. Some threatening yes. phrase. Yes. And so... Um, what I think, and I think Atticus says this towards the end of the story, and that is Atticus thought he would be a target. He didn't know that when all was said and done, that it would actually be Jem and Scout right. who Mr. Yule would go after. And so at the end of the book, we find ourselves reading a scene where Jem and Scout are walking home in October, right? Because it yep. was like a, it was a fall pageant or yeah. something. And poor Scout is wearing... This costume <laughs> where she can't, she can hardly move and she can't see like very well. Chicken cage thing. Yeah. She's kind of wear cage. First of all, let me just back up and say, I did not understand how they formed a ham from chicken wire. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so. All right. Scout was a ham. They were, they were sharing things that Alabama like, exported or they oh, were yeah, like yeah. creators of or, yeah. you know whatever the case highlights of like agricultural products and scout somehow got pork and she had she was a ham so she's wearing this costume home and um and it's it's dark and they're crossing like a really unlit area they're passing past the radley house on their way home and they hear this like shuffling noise and earlier in the evening a friend of theirs had played a prank and scared them so they're sort of assuming it's the same kid and then from it, all we're getting is what Scout can hear from inside her costume. And there's... Because she can't see, right? It's more than a scuffle. Yeah. What's a bigger word than a scuffle? A ruckus? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Right. But there's something going on outside. She hits the ground. She can hear people sort of tussling around. And then the next thing is she's like, she's home in her yard and someone's helping her take the costume off. It, but Jem has been injured. And so... They, they call for the doctor. They put Jem in bed. 
he's got he's definitely got a broken arm he's you know and the story sort of comes out in pieces and we're meant to understand that mr yule was following the kids home from school or from the pageant attacked them but who came to the rescue boo but boo Bradley, right so um so the story sort of comes full circle there where he's he really has been we find out like looking out for them instead of in a threatening way yeah um and the 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 police chief just like he tells the story he's like this is what happened yeah and this is the story that we're going with Mm -hmm. and atticus fights him on it he's you know he doesn't want any shadiness like hanging over gem after this happens and the police chief's like nope this is this is what happened and he has the angles and and the you know physical evidence to make this a plausible story we don't, as the reader, don't really know what happened because right. we, Scout didn't see anything and we're only getting what Scout got. Right. And so um, I, this is a terrible thing for me to say, but I'm going to say it. I hope it was Boo Radley who stabbed him. <laughs> <laughs> right. But also maybe he fell on his knife. I don't know. Right. So so in the end, um, Mr. Yule did deliver on his promise. And in the end, it was Boo who they had been they had been aware of and i don't think that they knew they maybe were tormenting him being outside his house and and you know talking about him and whispering and and trying to and i think she acknowledges that later in the story when she's like you know here are these kids like trying to deliver a note with a fishing pole through your shutters and like running up to your house and touching the door like yeah that probably was not the most fun for someone on the inside of that house to be observing but in the end he you know, he he had been looking out and, and it was a good thing that he had. Right. So overall, how do you feel? Oh, I like I said, I, I did love the story. I love the way she wrote. Um, I like the characters. OK. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't think you can talk about this book without talking about the fact that it is it is a little divisive. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming up in the library world on something called Band Books Week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have always thought Band Books Week is a little bit of a misnomer for what it's trying to highlight. We're not really looking for people to ban books. No, right. It's, this is really supposed to be just sort of, uh, it's it's hi- it highlights the fact that censorship is still a thing. People are trying to um, make decisions about reading for for everyone, mm-hmm. which is not what we're looking for. And To Kill a Mockingbird consistently shows up on the challenged book list. Oh, absolutely. And it has been taught in schools for a really long time. And there has also recently been the discussion about whether or not it needs to be in curriculum anymore, or are there newer stories and perspectives that could be telling this story a little differently. And I'm not a teacher, so I don't know the first thing about teaching oh. books to a curriculum. Um, but... Just having read it for the story that it is, and I'm not teaching it to someone, right. um, I am I was glad, I guess, for the opportunity to go through it again. Um, I think as an adult, I got a much different a much different oh, story this go. Right. Um, I wasn't reading it by the chapter. I wasn't trying to dissect it to be ready for questions. Right. I wasn't giving a report on it. Um, and I read it in about a day. I think it was just a day. Yeah, it I didn't, didn't take It didn't take long. very long. No. Um, but I, I don't think that you can talk about it without acknowledging that it is something that people they have concerns with and um that's kind of what band books week brings attention to is the fact that there are t- places and people and and um and the occasion where these books do get people try to remove them from 
public consumption. And that's libraries aren't really about that. So nope. 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 <laughs> so um but overall I enjoyed the chance to read it again. And um and I got yeah, like I like I said, I got a different I got a different read on it this time. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It was a good book. Yeah. So for October mm-hmm. because it's September already. It is. <laughs> so Fall is October, upon us. We're gonna read something super terrifying. It's just it's really undescribable. It's not terrifying in like spooky. It's terrifying is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. So y'all, Kelly's already read this book. <laughs> she was telling me about it. And I I am having a hard time believing that this book is as <laughs> awful as she's telling me, but I think we're going to give it a whirl. Okay. We're going to read something called, and it has two titles depending on where it's published, I think, but the the copy that I have is called Ritual by Graham Masterson. The one that Kelly read was titled Feast. Feast. And um, so we're going to read this for October as, as our spooky season entry. Yes. And um, we'll be back to talk about this really unbelievable Really? <laughs> tale. I mean, yeah. Um, and, you know, if we find that it's really difficult to locate for you, our loyal listeners, <laughs> if if it's too difficult for all of you to find, we may switch our title. Yeah. But if we find that it is available-ish, then we'll go with that. Yeah. So we probably will be back in October to talk about Ritual slash Feast by Graham Masterson, or it'll be a surprise creepy book. Right. We'll find something. <laughs> we'll find something. For you to enjoy. Yes. So in the meantime, we hope you enjoy whatever it is you're reading. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.